from Champa Bay. This is Pucks and Balls. Now, now, who's ready to light the lamp? Here's Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. What's going on, hockey fans? Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty, as well as Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games, practices, and storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week. So be sure to download that Odyssey app. Hit that auto-download button on Pucks and Bolts so that you have brand new episodes waiting for you every single time you open that app and you're staying up to date on your favorite team and all team news. Also, you can stream and download, save, share, subscribe to Pucks and Bolts on any of your other favorite streaming platforms. Be sure to share that with friends and family and all Hockey fans, if you will. Guys, I'm Casey Hudson, joined by my lovely co-host, Kaylee Mizell, and it is time for us to get into a brand new episode of Pucks and Bolts, where the Tampa Bay Lightning opened up their 30th season. Happy 30th, Tampa Bay. Last night versus the Philadelphia Flyer, something Kaylee and I chatted with you guys plenty about, giving you a game preview, a quick little uh, Pucks and Bolts morning after skate breakdown. Uh, Kaylee, how are you? How was the game? How was the opening? I'm great that it, it, you know, the lightning put on a fantastic show, Casey, they always have. Mm-hmm. And last night was no different for their 30th season. They brought out all the stops, you know, everything from a 30th uh, video, just telling the story of hockey in Tampa Bay and um, just everything that this team has been through the cup runs and the championships. So it was really cool. Uh, a lot of fans there, uh, sold out crowd, really, really exciting to see. Um, and yeah, I, I think that they do it right. Everything from, you know, the 30th anniversary pucks, which, you know, I tweeted about last night. So if you haven't seen those, be sure to go to at Kaylee Mizell on Twitter and just check that out because it's really, really cool what they've done. Um, and so they, they really do have a lot of lure going into Mm -hmm. these games. Um, but Casey, it's one of those things where we're in a cold front. The flyers must've brought some, some chilly weather with them and it did not do well for the lightning who lost three, two, uh, giving up uh, a lead, a two, nothing lead Mm -hmm. to lose that game to the flyers and their former lightning coach, John Tortorella. Um, and so I know we're going to get into this more, but, um, happy about the weather, not happy Happy. about, uh, (laughs) uh, uh, about what that did for the lightning. And now obviously Mm -hmm. I'm just joking. That's not the weather that that was the problem, but, uh, but Casey, there, there were some problems before we get into that. How are you doing today? Oh my gosh. Um, regardless of me still trying to push past this cold, if you will, but it did um, I'm loving the cold front outside. I just yeah. love seasonal changes. And my parents are like, that doesn't mean that you go play outside, which is crazy. Like, yes, I'm a grown 30 year old woman and I still uh, keep my parents too pretty on everything of my life. But because I'm still trying to push through this, they're like, don't get a, a little over enthusiastic there and be outside with your dog all day. And I'm like, okay, I'll work on not doing that. So, um, luckily half of a rest day coming up for me and that'll give me over the finish line of this little thing, but I can't complain. It, it's great. Um, regardless of the result last night, it has been a very productive week, if you will. So as you said, Kaylee, kind of diving on into the Tampa Bay lightning home opener, uh, you mentioned they put on a beautiful production. You expect nothing less from one of the greatest teams, honestly, from top to bottom. Uh, the Bolts fall to 18-9-1 with two ties all time and opening home game of a new season. And this is also this season, they fell short. They fell short in their home opener last season as well. So maybe we're not going to sound the alarms yet. I think the biggest thing that I would start with Kaylee that kind of stood out to me is the fact that Tampa Bay outshot the Flyers 39 to 24, including a 17, 10 advantage in the second period and still ended up falling short. And, Pucks and Bolts fans, the other thing that stands out to me the most that Kaylee and I discussed here on Pucks and Bolts is the fact that the Flyers had a 2-0 deficient comeback versus the Canucks last week, 
And we mentioned, we, we said it here. We said they cannot allow a Flyers team that made a comeback like that, that's feeling themselves, that's riding high on their winning streak to come in here and make any sort of comeback. And the unfortunate news to deliver is that that's exactly what they did in almost the same exact uh, timely fashion and structure, Kaylee. It was middle of the second period. Yeah, I mean, it, it really started, um, I would say it started a little bit, yeah, in, in the second period. Maybe, that was maybe a little bit more of a fair goal, um, uh, you know, but but getting into that third period is really where I think things things kind of fell apart. And, and Casey, I spoke to John Cooper after the game and I asked him, I said, what's, you know, what's going on with this team? You don't want to generalize so early in this season, but Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're, they have the lead and they're giving it up. They're not finishing out these games. And he pointed out something interesting. He said, you know what? We, we really have only led in two games in the Columbus game, which they ended up finishing and and getting a win. And in this game where they led to nothing and they should have been able to finish and get the win. Um, and, and they kind of blew the lead and they weren't able to finish out that game, but it did remind me in some ways, and it's a different story because you're chasing the game in Pittsburgh, but it did remind me in some ways of that Pittsburgh game, because in the third period, that's when things really, that's when the wheels really started to come off. And when I asked John Cooper about about that he said you looked at their line or you looked at their bench in the third period and they had high energy and they knew what was going on and you look at our bench in the third period and a little more lifeless a little Mm -hmm. more lifeless and he he said something that i found really interesting and it was just kind of one of those under the radar comments Mm -hmm. but he alluded to the fact that Maybe there's some expectation out there that maybe there's a little bit of lack of urgency, that there's some expectation that um, that they that they that are a good team. They know how to turn it on when they need to, and that um, they don't always necessarily they're not always fighting for the puck. Um, yeah. and I and I know that, as someone who covers the lightning in, in the media, it seems confusing. It's like, do we have to go through this every single year? But John Cooper also said something, again, very interesting. And he said, you know, you drill it into their heads, that defense, defense, defense. And he says, you know, of course, somebody could look at the game last night and say, oh, well, if you scored one more goal, if you would have scored one more goal in the third, I would have really put him away. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is that you have to be able to win and close out two nothing games. You have to be able to do that. Yeah. And the lightning did not. And the reason why they did not is because they did not play good defense is mm-hmm. they did not. And they're still figuring it out on defense. I mean, you lose a guy like Ryan McDonough, you lose You, you have Zach Bogosian hurt mm-hmm. Jan Ruda. I mean, they're really figure They're still in a figuring it out process on defense and that's okay. But the veterans then have to pick it up. You know, Alex Gorn also talked after the game and he said, we just didn't do it defensively. And and that's, and, and, you know, they didn't get back. They, they were letting too many odd man rushes go through. They were letting too many two on ones. They were letting too many, you know, all of these things, turnovers, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you look at, they, they had five giveaways, you know, that's, you can't do that, you know? Um, and so that's, that's just something that to me really stood out. Absolutely. And you said, uh, you said about two and a lot of great things there. I dropped a lot of bombs on you. (laughs) I know, but I appreciate it because, um, per usual right there with you, because there was a few quotes that took place post game last night that kind of stood out at me. And you mentioned the fact that uh, coach Cooper mentioned the lack of urgency and he really did kind of hammer in the fact that the veteran presence is not showing up. They're not leading. Um, and that's pretty much, that's, that's not, I don't want to say that's harsh for Coop. What I really appreciate about John Cooper is that he's a very honest coach. Um, and he will be that guy to say, Hey, I need to see a lot more veteran presence. I need to see a lot more conversation taking place in this locker room and I'm not seeing it. 
And for him to mention that last night really makes you think because you and I mentioned too, we need to see more people involved. It can't be the same name on the stat sheets. You can't fall into old habits. And, you know, these guys that started building off of successful careers last season, you're not really seeing them putting in much action right now or contributing or communicating, if you will. Um, Pat Maroon had the one fight last night, but other than that, you typically see him kind of riling up that bench, keeping everybody's heads involved a lot more. Alex Kalorn should have had a more bedazzling appearance on the ice. And um, we're not really seeing that either, but it was it was, it was Stammer's comments after the game that stuck out to me the most. It was him mentioning the fact that while they have been able to turn around performances like this and make comebacks on home ice, they need to stop putting themselves in that position and, and almost yeah. having this expectation that they can do that every single time. So you're just kind of wondering where the headspace is here. And we've talked about it too numerous times, the fact that this team, once they get bonded, once they start to get to know one another, once they have that, you know, big moment uh, off the ice together, if you will, then they really start to learn how to turn it up and, and dial it in. So a lot of great points there, as you mentioned with, with defense, you know, they're still figuring out a lot of things. We mentioned the fact that Nick Perbix had his NHL debut and just to give him a little shout out for his first time on the ice, um, on his NHL debut, he recorded three shots, a hit, a takeaway, and a block shot with 13 minutes and 35 seconds of ice time. So somebody that they might consider continuing to rotate out there while we find out more about Philip Myers. Um, I would say that Cal Foot had a great first first period performance. Um, he's been doing a lot better, starting to find more confidence back there so that he can kind of step into a larger role with this team. But until they can figure out how to plug those holes in defense and it not just be Victor Hedman and Eric Chernak uh, taking the most ice time and, and, you know, managing in front of Vassy, then they're going to be they're going to be playing on their heels quite a bit. You also mentioned the takeaways and the giveaways and whatnot. Another thing to put in perspective, Pucks and Bolts fans, is this is a game, as Kaylee mentioned, that John Cooper said that, you know, they were leading other than versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. Mm -hmm. Their their shot count <laughs> in comparison to the Flyers is where I'm really just floored, yeah. um, especially when you look at it period by period. There's not one period in this game, and I get it, it's just three periods, but there's not one period in this game where the Flyers were anywhere near the Bolts uh, shot, shots on goal. Shots on goal for Tampa Bay in the first period, 10 to the Flyers, 6. Second period, 7 to the Flyers, 10. Third period, 11 to the Flyers, 8. And even when the Flyers dialed it up in the third period, they just shot with intention. They did. They moved with intention. They shot with intention. They had 27 hits to Tampa Bay's 21 hits. Physicality, again, physicality, edge, and speed, something that tends to throw Tampa Bay off of their game. 16 block shots across the way. The one thing Tampa Bay excelled in last night that they haven't been doing so hot in, in the past few games and typically has kind of been um, a conversation at some point of every season is face-offs. And they came into this game and they ended up doing better with 62.3 face-offs. And I think a big contributing factor there is a Mr. Nick Paul because it was Nick Paul who had 51.3% on his face-off percentage. You saw him in the circle a lot more trying to get the job done. And you can see what his role is starting to cement as with this team because he's racking up some of the top ice time amongst you know your key players like Nikita Kucherov, Brandon Point, and, and Steven Stamkos. So um, I was a little surprised that they were able to let off the gas with this one. Kaylee, was there anything else that you saw in the third period besides, you know, some of those generators for the Flyers that maybe were uh, key contributors to the Lightning falling behind? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I don't have a problem with – I like that the Lightning took a lot of shots. Um, and mm -hmm. I, that was my key going in. Put the buck on the net. <laughs> and they did that, and they did a really good job of that. And not all of them went in, and, and it's not always going – to go in. I think a really big positive takeaway is the fact that we saw them being able to start producing on special teams um, mm -hmm. and getting a little bit more um, shut down with the penalty kill. They did allow one uh, power play goal, um, but being a little bit 
better on the penalty kill, and then finally starting to catch their rhythm on the power play. So really happy to see that, and we can get more into that in a little bit because obviously Steven Stamkos was the guy that was able to get those in, but but it was thanks in, in, in part to some other guys. So we're going to get into that. But I want to focus in on something that you just said, Casey. So mm-hmm. in the first period, I, I, I sat there, and yesterday, I mean, if you watched our um, – uh, pre preview, then you know that I was watching Jeff Halpern yesterday and I was watching who he was practicing with. Jeff Halpern yep. is known for being able to really coach guys up in face-offs. He really knows how to get guys going and, and, and to really help them so that they can start doing better and start producing more in the face-off circle. Um, Steven Stamkos is always really, really a good producer. Um, and Anthony Sorelli was always a really good producer. And so with him out, there have to be other guys that step up. And so you saw a lot of guys yesterday practicing with Halpern because that was an area that they really needed to improve. It was it was about 30% coming into this game, which is not going to cut it because, again, it finds you chasing games. Even if you're in your own zone, even on special teams, this was happening quite a bit mm-hmm. where you're on special teams and you get at the face off and it's in your own zone and you're on special teams, you're on five on four and you don't get the puck. And so mm-hmm. now you're chasing for part of the power play and that's just not going to cut it. So yeah. a big reason why they're able to be successful on the power play is actually because of face offs, Casey, because you're not chasing the game anymore. And again, that's just so important. You have the puck in your hand. You're able to get those shots on net. So I was really happy to see that, but it's really dynamic because in the first period, their face-offs were still terrible. Like in the <laughs> first period I looked up and I was sitting beside Brian Ingblom, the, the analyst for Bally Sports. Sports and he does the last call uh, after the games on the radio. And Brian, I love Brian. He's a great guy. We'll, we'll definitely have him on, on, on the podcast at some point. He's fantastic. And so Brian and I are talking and he knew that I was paying attention to the face-offs and we look at what's going on and it's like 28%. It's 28% at the end of the first period. And it's just abysmal. And I start going off and I'm like, they can't, they're chasing the game. You can't get anything done. What's happening. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of the next two periods, they really start to get it together. And so they finish with that, you know, what, what was it above 60% in the face-off circle. And I just have to give, you know, I give kudos where kudos is due, you know, a silly shout out here because they really did start to improve that. And that's a really good thing. So mm-hmm. I was really happy to see moments and areas of this game improve over time. The face-off circle is one of those things where it was really nice to see them improve in that. That was really, really important because they had a miserable first period in the face-off dot. And then the <laughs> other two periods, they really started getting it together. And you pointed out Nick Paul, but I'm going to point out a guy, Ross Colton. He was five of six in the face-off circle last night. And uh, really, again, really glad to see what he's able to do. Um, Belly is still working on it. He was three for 10 in the face-off circle. And I, I talked to him yesterday and he said, again, it's just one of those things. You have to keep working at it. You have to keep improving. Um, and he's focused on getting better in that face-off circle because he knows that it's important. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that you mentioned that too, just to bring more insight to it. Cause we, I swear we've talked about it. I mean, yes, we're on show four right now. <laughs> it feels like show 17. Um, but especially yesterday in, in the little morning skate episode that we threw out there, be sure to check out Kaylee's Twitter to catch those. I think it was like three little mini sods we put out. Yeah. The um, but yeah, success starts in the circle. And while it wasn't a successful result, it's, it's, you know what we've heard this team say a lot after after wins and losses? It's doing the small things right. It's mm-hmm. a simple game. I Process think over missing, outcome. Exactly. I think the key thing they're missing here is just those small steps. There's those small pieces in between from north to south that they just haven't fully pieced together yet. And mm-hmm. I get it. We get it. Um, they're still trying to get some guys acclimated. Um there was a few line changes. I think I feel good about some of these line changes. I feel like they're going to stick with some of them because that's where they're going to start really getting hot on the chemistry, but we're seeing good things for the beginning of it. Um, you mentioned 
Ross Colton. You mentioned your conversation with Belly, which I love. Mm -hmm. The person that I have to circle back to um, and and kind of give some kudos to while we're handing those out is um, Vlad Nemestikov. We yeah. kind of chatted about him quite a bit. It was exciting to see the um, him and Ross Colton, Corey Perry perform on a line together. Um, that's a line that I feel like really should stick with one another. We've already kind of gone over the fact that Ross Colton and Domestikov have started to generate more chemistry almost game by game where they've had an opportunity to play alongside each other. But what I really liked with um, Domestikov like blooming back into this Bolt system is uh, him being on the top power play unit. Uh, so part of unit number that. one, yep. we talked about this briefly before the game yesterday that they had shuffled some of the power play lines a little mm -hmm. bit. And uh, we kind of read off the names there. And it's Nemestikov that had an assist on one of Stammer's power play goals. Not only that, though, I feel like what I saw last night out of Vladdy is the fact that he can turn in. He can he can initially start to fulfill that quarterbacking role on the PowerPoint play or on the power play. Um, he set up Stamkos so nicely. And then initially on the second one, he was a part of the action before, you know, they, they started to switch out the unit and whatnot, but his ability to just kind of keep track of the puck and kind of visualize where his, where his teammates are going to be to try to help set up there. And I'll say this, I'll probably throw the statistics out on my Twitter sometime today, guys, because Kaylee and I get a little dorky when it comes to hockey. But Nemestikov with Dallas, when he played for the Stars, he was kind of a key quarterback, a key executor to setting up his teammates there. And he's playing with guys like Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn. Um, I can't say the one guy's name. It starts with an R or Raska. I think it might be. God forgive me. But he, if you look at some of the teams that he previously played with and when they were on hot runs, Nemestikov played a key role in, in dishing out that puck. We talked about his versatility, his ability to contribute to the power play as he has and contribute to the penalty kill. He is really good. And the more that he gets acclimated in the system, I think we're going to see a lot more out of him. Two other things on Nemestikov. He ranks tied for second on the lightning for assists. Um, and Again, building off of off of his performance as he starts getting more comfortable with Ross Colin and Corey Perry, um, as well as on that top power play unit. So I just had to give a shout out there. But Kaylee, that gives me two questions for you, because I know okay. you're probably going to break down the power play for us and yes. uh, give us some stammer statistics. But the other thing that I thought of last night when I was writing this down is Nemestikov um, being on that line with Ross Colton and Corey Perry. And you mentioned some really key things that mm -hmm. I think we need to build off of talking about Corey Perry. Yeah. I, I Corey Perry, he's, he's, he's a go-getter. Um, first of all, Corey Perry, whenever he gets into a, he's the sweetest guy. Like whenever I sat next to him yesterday and just was chatting with him, he's like soft-spoken. He's so sweet. But he's if you guys so soft spoken, we were dying in the locker room last week oh because gosh. I couldn't understand anything he was saying. I felt like yeah. I had to get closer and closer. And then I was just like, this is getting weird. I can't, he's, I'm going to have to translate this later. He's so soft spoken. He's so kind. Um, but when you see him out there fighting with a guy, oh, um, he gets these like crazy eyes. He like gets in this, <laughs> you just like, oh my gosh, he like, it's like almost, he like turns into another person. It's so funny. Um, but it, just a great guy and, and a great teammate out there. But Corey Perry is a goal scorer. And so seeing him on, on this line with Ross Colton and Vladdy, it it really is I, – I mean, I think it's really going to be really good for his game and for the team as a whole because that's his natural – that's his natural ability. He gets out there and he scores goals and he really is able to do that. Um, and he said, when I talked to him yesterday and asked him a little bit more about what, what he likes and, and what he likes about his new line mates, um, he gave a lot of credit to Vladdy and, and, and for, for good reason, because he, um, uh, Vladdy's very smart. He sees the ice very well. Um, and he said, you know, but I mean, all of these guys are humble though. They, they always, they always give other people credit, but Corey Perry said, yeah, he, he said, you know, you play with a guy like Vladdy and he just is able to get out there and really push. And he's such a smart player. And I think that that's where you see 
Vladdy translate very, very well on this power play. He's a very smart player. He knows the strengths of his teammates. He knows how to play with a guy like Steven Stamkos. He knows how to set him up. I mean, he was one of the guys that had the assists on, on uh, Stammer's first power play goal, which again, like we hadn't really seen this power play get going until Vladdy was put into it. So that's mm -hmm. a really important thing to note. Vladdy is really a spark for this power play. And the yes. fact that they were able to get two of three goals in the power play last night, um, it really, really fantastic. That's what you expect of this Bolts team. And whenever you have goal scorers like Steven Stamkos, and whenever you have a guy like Nikita Kucherov, and it, when, when the the power play is being captained by Victor Hedman. You expect them to score goals and they finally were able to cash in. And I think a huge credit to that is Vladdy. And then again, Casey credit also to winning faceoffs. You look at the, there are three different power plays and on their first power play, they won a faceoff and then very quickly, very quickly after that, uh, started getting shots on goal. Mm -hmm. uh, and it took just a little bit of time before they finally scored. Uh, so it was about, uh, let's see, like minute and a half or ish into that first power play where they were able to get that goal. Um, but the second power play, they ended up getting success. They ended up being successful, but they lost the first face off. They, they lost the first face off and then um, had to fight for the puck, had to fight for the puck, got another face off, won that face off. And then again, about 30 -ish seconds later, had three shots on goal, three really good shots on goal. The first two missed the last one stuck. So that's really, again, really important to note. Um, and then on that third power play, they won the faceoff, but then uh, getting some blocks in, they were they 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 kind of let go, like they the puck got away from them after they won that faceoff, and they they kind of gave it over to the Flyers because then the Flyers started getting some shots on goal, and the Bolts had to start blocking some shots because. The Flyers had it during that third power play. So um, the first two power plays, great, great possession, great ability to win those face-offs and translate. And really, really, really good looks by Vladdy. He's been very, very impressive, um, like I said, especially on that power play. So really happy to see that for him. And while we're talking some statistics, I just want to point out something, Casey. Mm -hmm. um, whenever you look at goaltending, um, you, you asked the question earlier, like this team had so many shots on net. What, what, what's happening? This team had so many shots. They totally yeah. outshot the flyers. It's the same thing that I said in the preview episode, Carter Hart. Mm -hmm. He's really, really so good. glad you brought that up. He's seriously, he is like very, very talented because like whenever you, so some of the statistics, they like pump out like, Oh, in a normal situation, the average goalie would allow this many goals on this many shots. Mm -hmm. His expected goals was four. He like wow. he should have he should have had four goals go in last night. The Bolts only got two goals. There were thirteen high danger shots against, and he had thirteen high danger saves. He did not allow one single high danger shot get in the goal. The two shots that he did allow get in the goal were technically medium danger. Again, they were on the power play. So it's a little bit harder to defend that. Um, but he had 36 saves on 38 shots. His save percentage was like almost a 95%. This is a really good goaltender and there's going to be more of them. You're going to start facing more good goaltending um, yes. uh, we love Andre Vasilevsky. I think the world of him, he's, he's the big cat and he is in the zone and focused, but he's not the only good goaltender in this league. There's a, there's other good goaltenders and you're going to start facing them and you have to know how to, and yeah. they ran into a goaltender last night that they were able to get past early on. And that's why those, that's why what John Cooper said is so important. That's why you have to make those goals count. And then you have to defend well. 
because mm-hmm. you're not going to you're not going to get five goals in on a guy like Carter Hart. You're just not. It's not going to happen. Nope, so you have to make you have to make the two goals that you did get in count and then you have to defend. You have to focus on defending. Uh, mm-hmm. and that, again, that's where they that that's where they didn't do very well last night. A hundred percent. And I'm so glad that you mentioned the the goalie comparison there because you did give us those the, those key stats uh, heading into this game. And as we both mentioned, this was not something that they had to, that they had an opportunity to let up on, especially with Torts at the helm of this Flyers team. Uh, you had two of the most winningest coaches in Tampa Bay Lightning history going up against one another. So if there's anything these two also know, it's kind of how to out coach one another, if you will. So it keeps things very tight niche. There's zero, zero margin for error there. And Torch just has a little bit more of an aggressive approach, but I, I love his, his brazenness and I, and I, and I really appreciate his honesty. Um, but as you mentioned in the previous podcast, Kaylee, he knows how to, how, how to beat this team or control this team. And he ended up doing it in, in the third period there. And um, just to kind of build off of the, the power play information that you just gave, you know, no player in Tampa Bay Lightning history has scored more goals against um, Philadelphia than Stephen Stamco. So it's no surprise there, not power play, but it's no surprise there that it was Stammer that got the two goals of the night um, versus the Flyers. But I couldn't agree more heading into this matchup when it comes to between the pipes, Vassy versus Hart. Vassy came in a little bit lower. It was Hart that came in with a 3.1 uh, 3.1 rating, and it was Vassy who had 2.4. Four, nine. We've mm-hmm. seen Vassy kind of get off to slow starts per se. I don't actually want to call it a slow start because I, you know, Vasilevsky still puts on great performances. Um, and he can only do as well as, as his defense will do in front of him. And some of that, at least definitely the game winning goal comes down to that giveaway takeaway situation. We discussed takeaways, especially versus the Penguins on Saturday. That's where the both really let up and just created too much opportunity for their opponent. But the unfortunate part here is that they had five giveaways to the Flyers, four giveaways, but they had 15 takeaways to the Flyers, six takeaways. So mm-hmm. again, just kind of giving up, giving up the positive, giving up all of the progressions that they make on the ice, giving up all the progressions they made in the ozone starting in the first period. I mean, they had great puck movement for the first five minutes in the first period. And a lot of that goes to that top line of Hagel point and Nikita Kucherov. Um, what I will say, Kaylee, is that from these line shuffles that we saw heading into the blue jackets game, translating into the penguins game and into the home opener, we see that if they found something that's working, which regardless of the outcome and the results um, on the on the score sheet, if you will, it's working. Now mm-hmm. when they get that practice in, as you mentioned, practices are going to get a little fleeting as the season picks up. But right now they have an opportunity to kind of plug in those practices. The guys are off today, by the way, Pucks and Volts fans. But when they resume on Thursday, they're going to be able to bring these lines together and not take practice time to kind of do the shuffle again. If they do any kind of shuffling, it might be in the deep pairings to kind of see who starts to find a rhythm. Um, With Ian Cole getting in the lineup and with Nick Perbix coming in there, you saw them, you know, shuffle things up to where you have Hedman and Chernak playing together. That was kind of a key deep pairing for the beginning of Chernak's career with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, And then heading into the season, it was Chernak and Sergachev who were playing alongside one another. Um, so I think they still kind of need to figure out what works in that deep pairing situation, but outside of the deep pairings, I think that they found four lines that are showing enough chemistry to just hone in on and build off of. So hopefully that's something they're going to keep together and practice again, even these power play units practice time together, getting better reads on one another, especially getting domestic off to speed, uh, on reading cooch and, and, you know, getting a better read on stammer and the silent reads on headman, because we know headman likes to get involved on the power play. He had an assist, uh, but we know he likes to rip those, those shots that you just, you don't see coming if you blink, if you will. Um, so definitely things that I want them to build upon for sure. What I will say, kind of touching back on that top line there, is that it's Hagel with seven shots on goal, 17 minutes of ice time, and 16.7% of shooting shooting percentage, if you will. Um, I know they're still kind of trying to find his identity there. There was a lot of great things that I still saw out of him in last night's game on that top line, but I want to kind of see him more involved in, in shooting. Mm-hmm. Kaylee, you said this. Put shots on goal. Don't overthink yep. it. Don't, don't do the overpassing stuff. I think in some instances, some, 
Lightning fans. There was still a little bit too much hesitation with the shots, even though, yes, they put 30, 39 shots on goal. But in terms of like who was taking the shot, I think was still a little too, you know, overly, overly analyzed. Um, you want to see a guy like Brandon Hagel take more shots on goal, especially after playing with a guy like Patrick Kane and comparing him to Nikita Kucherov and being able to understand playing on such a dominant line. So I want to see that that versatility and who's putting the shots on goal, if you will. Um, and at that point, I think that they'll start to kind of find something bigger here to match up with versus teams down the line. Uh, they're going to have another big contention when it comes to playing versus the New York Islanders. Islanders have two really good goaltenders, as you mentioned. And Kaylee and I will get get into all of that on the next Hucks and Bolts Um episode but Kaylee it might be time for us to get into Casey's keys and Kaylee's corner Before are we gonna do we want to do cherry picker first do you have a yeah. do you have one yes I'm gonna let you go first though okay I have I have two in mind and and we didn't discuss this beforehand guys so Kaylee and I are typically on the same page so we might have the same cherry picker we might not well Casey I'm just gonna go basic again I mean it's stammer time it's camera it time. He was my cherry picker last game. He's my cherry picker this game. Steven Stamko is coming in, um, being able to, to really find space in that. And I mean, again, it's his teammates and, and, and different people who are setting it him up, but he's the one that is able to really drive home those two goals. Um, and, and really happy to see that Steven Stamkos, um, had, Two goals, two points, um, and over 20 minutes of ice time, 20 shifts. Uh, he had six shots on net. So really happy to see that from him. I mean, he's he's the guy I said, you know, when Steven Stamkos is able to play his natural position, he really, really flourishes. And so having him there in that second line at center, uh, I think is just a really, really great spot for him. And then having him and Vladdy and, and some of those other guys on that power play again, he's really shining. Um, and I, I just, you know, I really like Steven Stamkos. I think that he, he's a great captain. He really loves this team. He loves this city and, He's proud to be a Tampa Bay Lightning um, player, and he's definitely proud to be the Tampa Bay Lightning captain. Um, and so, just happy, happy for him that he's he personally has had a good start to the season, while the Bolts have maybe not had their best start to the season so far. Absolutely, and because you mentioned that, I don't think it's that basic. He's been really the the only guy yeah. who can get the job done so far. So, you know. He, deser he deserves that. He deserves that star all day, every day. Um, as if I feel like I always give away my cherry pickers throughout the episode here on Pucks and Bolts, but whatever, guys. If you didn't figure it out yet, it's it's Vlad Mestikov for me. It's just the fact that I feel like he's going to continue to make strides game by game, week by week, and um, that makes me very excited to see you know how he's going to be orchestrated. Hopefully, he turns into a Swiss Army knife for this Tampa Bay Lightning roster. Uh, Vlad comes up with three assists, three points, an average of 12 points or 12, um, 12.16 time on the ice, excuse me guys. And then 27.3% contribution on face off. So again, I, when you're trying to figure things out, when you're trying to see what works, you just want to see consistent progression. And I think that Nemestikov is giving that to the Tampa Bay Lightning consistent progression there. And I feel like they're going to be able to use him that much more. I feel like his time on the ice is going to go up that much more. And um, I'm just excited to see what he ends up bringing to the table down the stretch here after this team gets to bond just a little bit more and get some more practice under, under their skates there. So that is my cherry picker of um, last night's matchup versus the Philadelphia Flyers. That just takes us to our final keys before we hit Kaylee's corner, where you're really going to break it down for us, not only from this Tampa Bay Lightning roster, but within this division, because it's very important to have a hindsight of what's going to go down as we continue to push further into this 2022-23 NHL season. I can't believe we're here already. <laughs> the part kills me every single time um, that I think about it. So Kaylee, for my keys, um, the first one that I'm going to start with circle back to really quickly is Brandon Hagel and that first line, him working with Braden point and Nikita Kucherov. I love what I saw in the first period. Um, you saw that they're starting to build some good things there. You see that Brandon uh, Hagel starting to get more of a read on Nikita Kucherov's movement. It was this, it was this 
situation that went down in the neutral zone that I was a huge fan of. Um, initially, the Flyers took away the puck from the Bolts, but then it was Brandon Hagel who kind of locked in, followed the puck all the way through in the neutral zone, ended up creating a takeaway himself, and then applying pressure and pushing into the O zone. As he's doing that, you got Nikita Kucherov on his right side, just staying nice and tight and close by just in case. Um, feeds off the puck to Cooch. Cooch makes a shot, doesn't go in. Brandon Hagel presses against the net to still have control over the puck there and dishes it out once again to Nikita Kucherov, who swung around the back of the net there. And so it was just the fact that they kept tabs on each other over and over again as they tried to make, you know, generate offense here, as they tried to generate shots on goal. So seeing how Hagel was able to keep tabs on Kucherov, who skates like an absolute, you know, monster, if you will, um, Building off of that is something that will make this first line very dangerous once again. So I appreciated seeing that. That was kind of like within the first five to seven minutes of play in the first period. Um, Hagel, again, block shots. He has no problem sacrificing his body, putting it on the line, doing everything he can to push that puck out to his teammates. So we're just seeing some more of that forechecking and that defensive mindset from Hagel. Um, if he can just throw a few more shots on goal in there, this kid is going to be such a driving force along Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov on that first line. So that's one of my first uh, Casey keys after watching last night's game. Another one is going to be, which we've kind of talked about at nauseum now, Vlad Mestikov, him stepping into a bigger role here as he gets to know almost every player on this roster because, Kaylee, you said something very important earlier. You said the fact that he could basically play with anybody, which mm -hmm. you need one of those guys that can play with anybody, and that starts – you know, on, on special teams that helps out a lot on special teams that helps him, you know, on the power play units, as well as on the penalty key on the penalty kill units. So I feel like Nemestikov is just going to continue to make strides. As I said earlier in this pucks and bolts episode, then it's going to come down to them figuring out the deep pairings. They might have to continue to switch some things up. There was a few flashy things at, um, some some quality moments that Ian Cole did. You see that he's not afraid to go and take those shots there. Uh, Eric Chernak, once again, starting to be more of a shooter and play up. You saw Chernak press up on the ice a lot in that first period, something you would have never seen him do in like 2019 when he first got a larger role with this Tampa Bay Lightning roster. He's not your stay-at-home defenseman anymore. He's starting to kind of find and learn some rhythmic things from a Victor Hedman, a Sergachev. Um so it'll be interesting to see how Chernock's play kind of comes along here, especially with him being healthy, if you will. But Ian Cole showed some some decent strides there. Maybe it's something in, in finding, you know, a different pairing that strikes hot. And Mikhail Sergachev, I talked about this on the last Casey Key situation. When defense gets involved offensively, there's a lot of opportunity there. I feel like we still didn't really see that last night. Um, especially from a guy like Victor Hedman, who loves to get very involved in the play um, and rip those shots and, and contribute to that shot count. So I'd be interesting to see if that's something that they practice tomorrow, um, figuring out what deep pairing strike hot or building off of what they pieced together last night and just kind of get letting the guys get to know each other a little bit more there. And then for one of my final keys, it's going to be as simple as this. You cannot let off the gas in the third period. You already know that this is an issue. You know you got to play 60 minutes of hockey. Victor Hedman said it in pregame. He said it last week. You know, I'm sure I'm sure Hedy's tired of, of repeating himself. You got to play 60 minutes of hockey. You've got to play all three periods there. And you can't come out, you know, controlling the top of the period and then completely letting off after. There has to be something that maintains energy all throughout. And sometimes uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Kayla. I kind of thought that that was almost the role of that of that school bus line there. You know, you're you're the hype men, if you will, in in some ways. And we saw a little bit of it early on, but it just didn't it didn't continue throughout the game. So there just needs to be something, some conversation that happens where this team is keeping each other electrified for all three periods, and they cannot let off the gas. They cannot hand somebody the game. They're leading in so many statistical things on paper. So to see the end result be a three two loss. You would initially assume it may have been an overtime, uh, but it wasn't. Regular time, 3-2 loss for the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, versus a Flyers team that we knew were going to try to bring the heat and stay in it, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, certainly. And Casey, great keys, uh, great keys. As we get into Kaylee's corner, uh, I'm going to look a little bit at the five-on-five -five play because while the Lightning were able to produce in – uh, the special teams and, and, and on special teams and get that power play going, which 
again, kudos to them. We love to see it. They're still struggling five on five. Mm -hmm. And that is something that, um, that they're going to have to figure out. Um, you know, Brandon Hagel, Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov. I like their play together. I think that they play really well together. Um, and, and they're able to get some shots on net They're you know, they, they had 12 shots as, as a group, uh, on, on net and you like to see that. But the thing is, is, um, they have to, it has to be more than that. It has Mm -hmm. to it has to start translating. Um, and so that's what really needs to happen. They really need to to start getting some translation through. And it's not just that line. So that line, uh, excuse me, that line had nine shots for. They had seven shots against. So a little bit back and forth. Um, the Alex Kaloran, Steven Samkos, Nick Paul line had four shots for, three against. Here's the line that did the best, and it's a line that you and I have been talking about this whole time. Uh, the Ross Colton line with Corey Perry and, and Vladdy, they had eight shots for and just three against. So the ratio there is much better. 72% yes. ratio of four versus against. And that's really what you're looking for. You want to be a line that is able to produce but that also can shut down if necessary. Uh, you can't just rely on your defense to shut down. This is where the forwards have to get involved. This is where mm-hmm. four checking comes into play. You have to be, um, you know, really powerful in, in, in that kind of way. And so that is the line that I saw the most out of in that capacity. Um, the, the top line, so that Braden Point line and the Ross Colton line, those are the two lines that did give up goals so that there, there were goals against on those shots. Um, and, and the fourth line, I think the fourth line is still figuring some stuff out. They didn't really have all that much time on ice and even strength. They had one shot for three against. So I think that they're still figuring some stuff out, but my, my corner really wants to focus on the five on five action. It has Mm -hmm. to be, you have to step up five on five. You have to start really honing in on this five on five action. You have to be able to not just get shots on net, but you have to start producing. Um, And I think it's, it's really going to be these top three lines that are going to start producing. And frankly, it's probably going to come from that third line first because they're already doing really well and they have already started producing. Yeah. Um, But, but it needs to spread up. You know, uh, the, the top line with Nikita Kucherov and Brandon Hagel and Braden Point, you have to start getting more pucks on net and they have to start going into the goal. The second line, Alex Kalorn, Nick Paul, Steven Stamkos, you guys, you have to start producing. Mm-hmm. This team needs to step up on five on five um, in addition to what you said, because the, the they lost the game defensively but even with that again you have to step up on five on five you can't allow that many shots against you, your ratio should not be about 50 percent, which is what it is for the first two lines it's about 50 percent, and then you look at the third line and it's about 70 percent. the ratio between shots for and shots against so it needs to be closer to that 60 70 percent number like the third line you can't allow all of those shots on net that means what do you have to do? Okay, you need to go back and you need to really be strong on your forecheck. You need to you need to get out there and you need to protect through the neutral zone. You mm-hmm. need to set up your defensemen really, really well. Um, you need to make it hard for them to get back into your zone. And because they haven't done that great of a job doing that, Casey, they're they're one and three through four games. Um, they have just two points on the season. And like we said before. This is a team that has to go on a extended road trip right after this. They're going out west. So they have the Panthers on Friday. They'll come back and and they have another home game on Saturday, but then but then they leave and they're going to be out west and so they really need to make the next two games count. They need to get some points because right now with just two points through four games, they're sitting dead last in the Atlantic division, the Bruins lead the Atlantic with six points. And then it's the red wings with five, the Sabres, four Panthers, four Maple Leafs, four. And then the Canadians also have four, the senators and the lightning are in last place with just two points. It is still early in the season. There is still room to move up. 
but you have to start making these points count because come the end of the year, every point matters and you're going to need them to get into the playoffs. So they really do need to start making these points count. They really need to tighten up defense and they really need to start working five on five action much better than what they have been. And that is Kaylee's corner. Casey, any final takeaways as we look forward forward to the games that are going to be happening this weekend? The Lightning have another back to back. Yeah. Well, first of all, great Kaylee's corner that, that those statistics between those lines is so eye opening. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they hear you, uh, come practice tomorrow to kind of, uh, ramp up the statistics across all the lines there. Loved that Kaylee. Um, and while our producer might be excited about some of those rankings, when it comes to the Red Wings, we know that this Tampa Bay lightning team can do better and they should be sitting way higher. And you said it Kaylee over these next two games is when <laughs> they really have to start setting that up five points. Baby. Our producer says, um, they have to, it's going to be important. Thursday's practice is going to be a very important practice. Number mm -hmm. one, number two, the Panthers are no light team, whether people no. want to call it a, a rivalry or not. Cause I know some, oh, it's a rivalry not on board. It is it's a rivalry. A rivalry. And yes. it goes back to what I'm saying over and over and over again. If they play a team that brings physicality and speed, it causes issues. And they're going to get that issue from the Florida Panthers on Friday. And then again, from the, the Florida Panthers are going to be angry. I mean, this yeah. is a team that swept them. So you're going into sunrise and you mm -hmm. know that you're about to play a team that has a chip on their shoulder because, you, because they won the President's Cup and then yes. you swept them in the second round of the playoffs. And they just have a target on this team's back. There's not yep. been one matchup between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers that has not been a borderline bloodbath. So <laughs> that's going to be a Very big true. test for them to turn around, come home, and host the Islanders, who has another chip on their shoulder because this team knocked them out of their Stanley Cup run. And two years in a row. Exactly. And that, you know, we talked about, well, not we, but like people have talked about this beforehand when it came to that last matchup versus the Islanders, they were heavily relying on Matt Barzell. And now Barzell's got a fat contract to play for and some other mm -hmm. guys who's going to help feed him the puck. So they're going to be a little bit more dangerous and they have two goaltenders that you do not want to underestimate. One of them was in the, the Venza running, if you will, a couple years ago and was one of the top goalies for the Colorado Avalanche before heading to the New York Islanders. So they've got a, a big test here with back-to-back -back games once again. So a full weekend of hockey, but uh, Kaylee, you said it perfectly. They, this is these two games are going to say a lot before they They're head off to that big lot. road trip. And if there's one thing I know you and I are both asking for is that regardless of the results Friday, Saturday, this road trip needs to help them bond like they did in Sweden. And hopefully we'll yeah. see a brand new team when they hit the ice uh, for their third home game. That is very true. Very true. Casey, we can't give away all the goods. We got into some, uh, we're, we're going to have a preview pod. So you guys be on the lookout for preview pod dropping on Friday to preview this weekend's matchup. And until then I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can find me at Kaylee Mizell. She is Casey Hudson. You can find her at the sports case. That's K A S E. This is pucks and bolts an odyssey original podcast. And we're coming to you multiple times a week. Plus we've got extra content. So be sure to check us out on Twitter at those handles that I gave you beforehand. And you're going to want to turn on the auto download button wherever you find your podcast, Apple, Spotify. But here's the thing. You need to get into Odyssey. Odyssey app, download that app, turn on the auto download button. And then every time we drop a new podcast, it will go straight from your phone into your earbuds as you're listening to the latest and greatest in Bolts hockey on Pucks and Bolts. I'm Kaylee Mizell. She's Casey Hudson. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.